Hello again and welcome to The Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. Please check the three dots menu at the top or just look along the bottom row until you see a wheel icon. Click that, click the word quality and then upgrade the quality of the video to 720p or 1080p, whatever your device can handle, just so you can get a good clear picture to work with. I always say this at the beginning of the videos because YouTube downgrades the quality of bandwidth streaming now to 480. So sometimes the picture is grainy and I know that it's a problem, but I want to let you know that I'm doing my best to put out quality content because this work is for the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. So today I have a very new prophecy that I am bringing because I feel that it is a timely prophecy and it belongs in the America series since this is the nation that the whole world is focused on concerning the health crisis, the global pandemic that's currently unfolding across the world. This prophecy is called The Dogs and I received it on February 11th, 2021. So probably just three, three or four days ago. I know that this is a controversial topic and I'm not here as a medical professional or anything like that to tell you what you need to do with your body or what you don't need to do with your body. But I do have a responsibility as a servant of God that has been called by him and appointed to speak forth his words without fear and without holding back especially when it comes to things that could cause harm and detriment to the people that God loves so much, who are the people of his body, his flock, his chosen, his loved ones. Um, I will speak. Um, and as long as God protects the channel and keeps the integrity of the blog, um, doesn't let it crash, doesn't let it get hacked, doesn't let the channel get attacked, I thank God. And I will be here sharing forth these words. And this is not going to be, when I say it's controversial, it's not controversial because I'm going to engage anyone on this channel in back and forth. I've already said that is way too much work. And I know in my heart that that goes above and beyond the purview that God has given me. He's called me to speak forth his words and speak them. I will. After that, each of us is tasked with hearing the word of God. And just like Israel in the Bible, we're either going to hear and test the word by the spirit of God, who is the only one that can weigh prophecy for truth, veracity, or we're going to let the words waste on the ground. And that is 100% your choice. My choice too. So let's go. February 11th, and this prophecy is called the dog's. It's a little bit distressing, actually. It's just like the survival of the fittest post. And that tells me very clearly that God is warning us to stay away from the current solution that is being offered for um, this health crisis that is taking place around the world. There's a, there's a solution underway. People are lining up for it everywhere. Um, as I'll share in this prophecy, people are lining up to take this thing. And yet, brothers and sisters, especially if you're a Christian, you might have found this video by accident. Somebody might have shared it with you. The algorithm might have suggested it to you or you're a subscriber. But whatever the case may be, there is a solution, a so-called solution currently underway in the USA and all, the, all around the world concerning this 
new virus that we are facing. But do we care about what God has to say about that solution? Do we want to know God's mind? This is the question. And God has shared his mind in several posts that I have on my blog. I've even shared them on my Facebook, which I don't usually do, because I feel that it's pertinent, it's urgent, and people need to make informed decisions. I will be honest, and I will say what God has said. God has said that there are people in this nation, no matter what you tell them, no matter how much you warn them, no matter you can come with 63 dreams and 42 visions and just one heavenly visitation of fire, they will still go ahead and take this thing. So if you're someone who knows people in your family or your friends, you've, you've, you've really strove with them, you've spoken to them, you've wept, you've prayed, you've asked them, please, please don't do this. Wait until a later time. Wait until there's more time. Wait until we can see what the outcome will be. And they shrug you off. They just say you, you don't know what you're talking about. Or they even sneak behind your back and they do it. I want to say to you from the Lord that you should not let your heart be troubled. Brothers and sisters, God is really not like us. I say it all the time. Many of the times we as people, even Christians, we are greatly hampered by sentiment. We are greatly hampered by fear. We are hampered by sometimes our own cowardly nature. And those things prevent the God-like nature and the God-like sense of the mind of Christ from operating in us. We all love our families. We love our loved ones with passion and with power. But you need to have the mind of Christ at this time. And the mind of Christ will tell you that the time that we are in now, brothers and sisters, there is more than your family bonds going on here. There is more than your love for family, your love for friends, your love for co-workers here at stake. There is a global separation taking place between the wheat and the tares. Prophecies like that are all over my blog. There is global separation taking place between people who have a heart for God and love him. Brothers and sisters, loving God is not singing worship music and, and going to church and paying your tithe or doing whatever it is. Loving God is costly. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus's love ran red. He bled out his love. It came out in droplets on his forehead and it came out of his veins. It was lashed out of his back. Jesus' love flowed out of him in agony. He felt and demonstrated his love in a very costly fashion. And he did not hold back even to the death of the cross. Messiah didn't run. And so you have to understand that to step in the beautiful fluffiness that is heaven, you will be tested. I will be tested. Your family members, your child who is of an understanding way, hear me speaking, please, will be tested. No unholy heart, no unrighteous heart, no unclean heart is entering heaven. If no one have, has ever told you that heaven has a price tag and that price tag is 
holiness, righteousness, and complete obedience without which no one will see God. I'm telling you today. Some of your family members will not listen because there is more at work than just their stubbornness and their pride. And you don't get it, mom, or you don't understand, honey. I, I feel unsafe without it. No, there is a greater force at work. And that force is the separation of the righteous from the unrighteous, the holy from the unholy, sheep from goats. And the sons of God from the dogs. Let's go to it. The banner scripture is this. I will appoint over them four kinds of doom, declares the Lord. The sword to slay. The dogs to drag off. The birds of the sky and the beasts of the earth to devour and destroy. This is Jeremiah 15 and verse 3. The second scripture is, it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit, 2 Peter 2 and 22. So I had several dreams in the same night, thanks to Holy Spirit recall. I remembered them all and here they are. The first dream was very short and I took it to be an informative dream. A woman went into her kitchen she took common household items, she stewed them lightly into a drink, and she drank it. So for anyone who's interested, what she stewed was cinnamon, onion, garlic, and turmeric. She boiled them in a little water very lightly, not so long that the active ingredients were destroyed. And I know this because I cook, and if you boil any of those things for too long, especially garlic and onion, they become useless. So you have to boil them for just enough time. And she added, she poured it out and then she added a whole squeezed lemon into the liquid and she added honey. And then I saw her sitting at her kitchen table and she was just absentmindedly blowing this drink and she was waiting for it to cool. And I saw that it was pre-dawn hour. So this is the kind of woman who wakes up at five or six o'clock in the morning. It was still dark outside her kitchen window. And, um, Oh no, sorry, she drank it and then she went to bed. So she was taking it at night. That's why it was dark. So, and the impression that I had in the dream was this woman did this several times a week. This was a routine for her and she was using it as preventative healthcare. So you will hear this phrase again in this video, preventative healthcare. So I kept sleeping and I had another dream. And this is the main dream. In this dream, I saw two large buildings that looked like car washes sitting right next to each other. So they weren't next to each other like building, building. They were next to each other like this is a road and this is one shoulder of the road and this is the other shoulder of the road. And these two buildings were very dark and they had a large entryway, just like the car wash has a very large square and that's where your car goes in and gets washed by that little, those fringes or whatever. And both of them had lit up signs on top of them. So the lit up sign on one building said Pfizer and the lit up sign on another building said Moderna. And um, it was pre-dawn hours in this dream. So about five or six o'clock in the morning, you know when the sky is giving all those pretty tinges like I'm about to be morning, but not yet. So it's still dark. 
and there were only street lights giving lights. And I was standing at the corner watching the two buildings sitting on a junction of the road. I was in a coach because it was cold and I was standing by a street light and I saw a very large number of dogs come up to these two buildings. Such beautiful dogs. They look like Malamutes. They look like these Alaskan snow dogs coming from all four corners of the junction. So it was like they were being drawn and they were coming and they were lining up in front of one building or the other with those names on top. And the dogs came and they sat in a very orderly fashion and they rested on their haunches, you know, and they were waiting. And I could see that they were waiting for these buildings to open. And they had come very early to the neighborhood where these two buildings were to secure a place in line. And I thought these dogs were so beautiful, but God, without speaking, restrained me strongly from even going near them to look at them, pet them or anything. The spirit of the Lord restrained me. And so I held my position and I stood by um, the street lamp. And it's funny, all the street lamps in the dream were just the modern ones with the little curved neck. But the street lamp that I was standing next to was a very old fashioned one. It was the kind that you saw in old London or, um, you know, the old days where it's actually this hexagonal type of lamp, you know, um, I wish I can explain it, but you've probably seen them in movies. And so eventually the mouths of these buildings open. You know, I saw something go up and I didn't see any people come out. So I didn't see anyone come out to greet the dogs or say, hello, welcome to this company or that company. It just opened and the dogs instinctively knew that they were open. And I saw them going in, filing in politely one after the other, just like cars entering a car wash until they all went into the building. I didn't see any dogs come out. And then I was alone on the street. Then my dream changed. I'm still sleeping and the dream changed and now I'm walking in my city. I live in New York City. And what I saw is so many sick, abandoned and utterly wasted dogs walking in the streets of New York City, limping and whining continuously. You know, there's a sound that a dog makes when it's really in pain, like when it's stepped on, it's stepped on a bad thorn that's in the paw and the paw is like five days swollen. And there's just this whine that lets you know this dog is in gross amounts of pain. And all these dogs I saw were very sick. They had a lot of fur loss. So none of that beautiful Alaskan snow dog look anymore. They had huge gaping patches of just skin. Fur was gone. It was extreme and terrible mangy that they had, right? Some of them, the teeth had loosened from the gum and just dropped out. So these dogs were missing a lot of teeth. Many of them were limping. They could no longer walk properly. And all of them were making that continuous sorrowful cry of a dog that's really in pain. And what I saw that every single dog had suffered was the snout. So the nose of every dog had been burnt as if somebody took a blowtorch under the nose for 10 seconds, hold it, burn the entire snout until it scorches and has these raw red patches, but the overall color was black, 
burnt, the fur was burnt, and um, this is what every dog had, a completely burnt and extremely tender raw snout. And some of the dogs could not walk anymore and they lay down on the street, you know, and they crossed their paws over their eyes. You know when dogs just do that hopeless thing? And some of the dogs, they lay down on their side and they were like, and their breathing was very bad. But I saw that there was no dog that had escaped severe damage. And I knew that I was looking at the same beautiful dogs from before. And that dream ended and I had a third dream. In this dream, the hospital contacted Celestial, me. And they called me to come in. And I wasn't sick and I didn't know why they wanted to see me, but they didn't say. They just said that you're needed at the hospital. So I went to the hospital in my neighborhood. And when I got there, I was told that they had gone through my files and they saw that I had not taken my necessary inoculation. And I'm making this hand because that is what they said. I had not had my necessary inoculation and it was high time that I got it and kept myself safe. So for some reason in this dream, I could not answer these people. I could not tell them I don't want a necessary inoculation. Who decided it was necessary? And I wrote in the post that I would have had a lot to say in real life, but in this dream, I could not say anything. And so the doctor sat there and he flipped through my chart and he told me that my general health was really good, which in real life is true. I just never see the hospital doors and I thank God for that. That's all him. He's a keeper. So the doctor commended me on my general health and then he said, I'll be back with the injection. And I was scared. I was very scared. I do not know why I did not get up and kick everything and run, but I sat there and this man came back with a very big injection. This thing looked like the size of a turkey baster, okay? It was huge. It, it did not look like a normal injection. And he said, okay, stick up your arm and let's get you inoculated. So um, I stuck out my arm and he took it and he tried to give me this injection. And I say tried because I do not understand what happened next. I'm still, I'm still trying to work out the full import of this dream. I saw that the needle pierced my skin. So it did go in and make the pucker mark of metal piercing flesh. But then what I saw is that all my veins and arteries in my body turned to iron. They turned to metal. So I was looking into my arm and I saw instead of blue and red running and taking dirty blood and clean blood to my heart and everything, I saw that all my veins and arteries turned to iron. So they became gray and they became ramrod hard. And the next thing I saw is that they, they shuffled together. They went like soldiers and they lined up together like a fence and they refused to allow the injection to inject anything into me. And at last, after poking me in different places, the doctor grew frustrated and he said, we're going to have to revisit this process at another time. And he sent me home. And that was the last dream that I had and woke up with but I remember all of them. So I just wrote in this post that I pray that when you hear these words, you're not gonna write me and say, so do you think 
please understand that this is not an opinion blog. This is the home of the Lord Jesus Christ, where he can say what he wants to say, share what he wants to share, warn how he wants to warn. And then after that, Christian family, it is time to be responsible adults, even responsible teens. It is time for us in Christianity to take responsibility for what we hear. God will hold you accountable for all you knew. You cannot know something and then shoot it down because of your fear or shoot it down because of your pride or shoot it down because of your opinion and then hope to stand before the Lord and say, oh, I didn't know. It doesn't work like that. And we should understand it doesn't work like that because it doesn't even work like that here on earth. If you go to court and try to tell the court you didn't know and they find evidence in your emails or in your phone that you did know, you get prison time. Prison time with Jesus is called hell. If you can't run those games here on earth, why do so many of us think that it's going to work for us as we stand before the white throne where we will be held accountable out of the body for everything we did in the body? I truly do not understand why we do this. I do not understand. And I say it in my writing all the time because I'm as frank as it gets. You will be held accountable for what you know. I'm not sharing my opinion. And many people get upset when they receive prophetic words about things that... Here, here's the truth. Here's the truth, and I'll end with this. We always have a desire in our hearts. Sometimes the desire matches exactly the desire of the Lord for us. Oftentimes, the desire is just us. It doesn't match what God wants for us. It's not God's best for us. It's not God's desire for us. Nevertheless, by reason of flesh, by reason of human nature, the desire is there. So now what will you do? Will you allow what you want to slap down what God said and then later say, say I wish I hadn't. I wish I had listened. If you end up harmed as a hairless dog, what good is it to you? What have you gained? What have you won? How has it helped you in any way? Dogs are not good. Biblically, there's absolutely no story. The Bible doesn't subscribe to this man's best friend theory. That's all humanity, Western world humanity, if I'm honest. The Bible doesn't have a, sim a single good thing to say about dogs. Dogs are who King David was always crying about. Dogs represent the evildoer. Dogs represent the wicked. Dogs represent people who refuse to follow and listen to Jesus Christ because they exalt themselves as a law unto themselves. Dogs represent people in the Bible who are fallen, who are sinners. People who lie and wait for the righteous to destroy them. That's why people are always crying out, Oh Lord, deliver my life from the dog. To be depicted by the Lord in 
in a dream, or even in real life as he spoke to that woman, the Canaanite woman, to be depicted means that you are dilapidated and destroyed. You are a low, low person. You are given over to your baser desires and your baser instincts, and you want nothing to do with holiness and obeying God. They are enemies. Dogs are the enemies of God. And so God showed that no matter how beautiful, no matter how fluffy these dogs were, they took themselves and they stood in line and they reaped the penalty for their pride, their disobedience, and their sin. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to defend Jesus. A lot of people think that the bad things that happen is because Jesus punished you. Jesus did it to you. He did not. The outcome of sin, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Sin is exalting the heart above God's truth for what you want and all God does. And he's not wicked for it. He stands aside and simply lets you reap the consequences of your own actions. He's not that guy from the songs that's just running up the hills and diving through the sea and just always running to save. No, if you disobey God and you push him and you reject him and you reproach him and you make him seem like he's bothering you, brothers and sisters, he stands aside and he simply allows two plus two to equal four. You see what Jesus two plus two equals, thank God you saved me. But when you continue to to embarrass him and shame him and refuse to let him be the keeper, the protector, and the helper that he wants to be to you, to me. God simply allows natural law to come into place. And I think it was Isaac Newton that said it, you know? Everything has an equal and opposite response. It was either him or Einstein, somebody said it. In the operation of natural law, Two plus two does not equal, thank God I got snatched out of harm's way by a miracle. Two plus two will always equal four. And in this prophecy, the dogs, the solution hurt those dogs in their most tender places. And their condition at the last was very much worse than how it was at the first. So I've delivered the prophecy faithfully. February 11th very recent the word is called the dogs you can go to the master's voice check the url below the blog's id is there what this video is about is there i will link similar posts below so that you can have an aggregate i always tell people if you read one thing you might just think well what's she talking about but if you see consistently how god keeps talking love warns you Love will shout, there's a hole in front of you. Don't fall into it. You'll break every bone in your body. I know that God loves us. I use myself as an example. I know that God loves me. And I know that God loves all his people. But do we love him? Because God doesn't take love the way human beings take love. To love God is to obey. That's the love he understands. Obedience and saying, I respect you, and I don't know everything. Lead me. Thank you for coming to the channel. God bless you, and until I see you all again, bye.